going on? This is Tom with the Quack Back Block Show. Um, here today with Matt Bells. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. All right. He's the uh, podcaster and writer for Bucky's Fifth Quarter, the Wisconsin SB Nation site. You can find him at Save by the Bells on Twitter. Matt, thanks for joining me. Thanks for taking the time. No problem. Pleasure to jump on. Um, so the, the thing that uh, is on everybody's mind whenever I have podcasts like this is Twizzlers or Red Vines? Uh, Twizzlers, all day. All right. Would you say that you're a, a, a representative of the, of the Midwest? Oh, for sure. Yeah, I've kind of grown up in Wisconsin, lived in Wisconsin my whole life. So I would say that I'm pretty representative of kind of what goes on in Wisconsin and in Madison in general. Right. So then, uh, stereotypical West Coast to Midwestern question. Um, what's your favorite cheese? Uh, probably pepper jack. I uh, like uh, just a, a little spice in there, but um, obviously cheddar is kind of the calling card for the state. So that one's kind of near and dear to the heart too. All right. In, in the ignorance of, of as far apart our programs are, we, uh, all we know really about Wisconsin out here is uh, Jonathan Taylor, we know the the defense was hot for a while, and you have a stereotypical beast of an offensive line. So tell me a little bit more about the Wisconsin program. What do we need to know that isn't like a mainstream media thing? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Jonathan Taylor gets uh, most of the media attention, rightfully so, just because of the numbers he puts up. But this year, they have uh, had a nice bounce back in terms of quarterback play. Jack Cohn's done a nice job. Nothing crazy flashy, uh, but at the same time, completing 70% of his passes, only uh, you know 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, and about 200 yards a game. So while that's nothing that's uh, going to compare to kind of what Justin Herbert's doing, I mean, it's still one of those things where it's in a Wisconsin offense predicated on running the ball. He's been a nice change of pace, and a big reason for that is their top receiver coming back, Quintez Cephas. He is by far their number one target. Uh, doubled up all the other receiving targets in in uh, yards with over 840 yards receiving. And he's really come on these last few games. So on offense, I would say just that Quintez Cephas has really sparked the passing game in a lot of ways. And that um, defensively, you know, we had talked, or you had kind of brought up that they faltered a bit. Um, but really just they've they've improved a lot these past few games. Obviously, Ohio State. Uh, is a little bit different in terms of what they can bring to the table. But the defense has really done a lot better, especially against teams like Minnesota, who came in really hot with their offense. Um, so you brought up a little bit about Jack Cohen. Uh, what's the general feeling about him? Is he like a really good quarterback or is he serviceable? What's the the thought there in Wisconsin? I, th- I think it's it's kind of somewhere right in between there. I think he's, you know, good, but not great. Uh, you know, in terms of the year, like, like I said, his completion percentage is really good. He's shown that he is able to stretch the field at times. I think there, if there's one thing that he could do better, it would be to take more deep shots and, and be accurate with that. Um, he doesn't have like electric stuff in terms of arm talent, but at the same time, he really is able to distribute the ball well, makes really good decisions. He's only had four interceptions on the season. He can also tuck it and run a little bit. A lot of people really wanted the, the top freshman, Graham Mertz, to be the guy. And, and he looked really good at times this year, as well as in fall camp. But Jack Cohn's really kind of silenced doubters in a lot of ways and, and kind of gotten the trust of his teammates. He was voted the offensive MVP uh, for the team. So I think he has really silenced doubters, like I was saying, and, and showed what he can do. And 
showed that he's going to be the guy this year, but also next year, most likely. So along with a very stout defense, one of the things that Oregon and Wisconsin has in common is love for delicious beer. So I'm wondering what you're drinking right now. Uh, no beer right now, but uh, the last two days have uh, taken a toll on me just because I've been, I'm, I love craft beer. Um, I, I take it you do as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, no, I, uh, I kind of a, have a diverse palate in terms of what I'm open for and it kind of changes by the season, but uh, I'm not afraid to jump between IPAs and then back to stouts and, and jump between, you know, something a little more creative or a sour, uh, if necessary. Uh, what, what do you, what do you usually drink? Um, I'm usually, uh, down for, for a good citrusy IPA, uh, this time of year, it's uh, definitely more of the, the stouts and the porters, but I, I too am a, an adventuresome drinker. I'll drink my way through the, uh, the periodic table as we like to call it <laughs> yep. and always down for a sour or, or, uh, a good early afternoon ESB. Yeah, I'm pretty much, if it's delicious, I'll drink it. It doesn't really matter which category it falls into. Yeah, same same way. And I know Oregon's got a lot of really good beer. I try to get as much of them as I can. Um, you know, obviously can't get some of the stuff, uh, just like, you know, you obviously can't get some of your stuff, some of the stuff that comes from Wisconsin. Um, but it is always great to see some some great beer. And I actually had a, a friend who who worked out in Oregon at a brewery as well. And so that was kind of cool because they would be able to get me some stuff there. Awesome. What's your best Camp Randall story? Ooh, best Camp Randall story. So the obviously Wisconsin is kind of known for jump around. Um, that's something that started back in the late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, it was against against Purdue in a late late third quarter or end of the third quarter and Wisconsin had just kind of started things to catch to catch back up in a game that was you know Drew Brees and really uh, really talented Purdue team that we haven't seen in a long time come out of West Lafayette but I remember them playing jump around for the first time and the place went nuts and it was packed and it was super cool and the whole stadium was just shaking um, so like I remember then they had to the off season after that, they kind of were like, Hey, that's probably a good idea. That would be something to continue and fans really enjoyed. So they actually had to make structural changes to camp Randall to, to make it so that it was uh, more safe. So they can continue doing that because of uh, the noise that would come from, there was like, people thought that there was like an earthquake going on, obviously can't happen in Wisconsin, but, or shouldn't happen in Wisconsin given uh, everything. But uh, it was pretty crazy to be there when that happened and to, to kind of hear and see what uh, fans and, you know, the general community of Madison was saying after that. Man, you were there for the very first jump around? Yeah, it was, it was wild to see everybody really into it just because it was a big game atmosphere, a night game, and, and uh, to see everything kind of culminate and then how they've continued that and how it's such a big tradition going forward. Yeah, man, we have a very similar thing uh, with Shout. Uh, at Oregon, and yeah, it's super cool to see that as well. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of taken off. It used to be just like like during the commercial break during between the third and the fourth quarter, but now they started to televise it a little bit more. I was there for the first one of those, and I can I can share that feeling with you. One of the things that Oregon has is our our main rival, Oregon State. Every year we play the Civil War, but you know, ask any Oregon fan, and they'll tell you our main rival is Washington. Um, now I know that Wisconsin plays for the axe with Minnesota as like your main like formal rival but do you have any other intrinsic rivalries 
Oh, for sure. I would say uh, Iowa is a big one, just, you know, geographically fairly close, very similar in terms of team identity, kind of the structure that they were built and the ways in which everything has kind of come together, run first, tough defense. You know, it's kind of like the the Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other in a lot of ways, except for <laughs> Wisconsin has kind of taken the recipe and improved upon it. But I would say both Iowa is a big one kind of and then uh, Nebraska is one that Nebraska fans will really point to in a lot of ways. But, I mean, the big thing is Ohio State. Wisconsin constantly runs into Ohio State a lot in conference play because of the number of times they meet in conference championships and other things. It's, I wouldn't say it's necessarily a rivalry right now just simply because Ohio State's been at a different tier than pretty much anyone else in the Big Ten in a lot of ways. So I would say Minnesota and Iowa are kind of the, the main two in football. Does Wisconsin still fall asleep thinking about Russell Wilson? Oh, I'm sure. I know a lot of fans probably do. I mean, it would have been nice to have him for four years instead of instead of just the one, you know. But I think a lot of people still lose some sleep after the last time that Wisconsin and Oregon played in general. What are some of the things that uh, Wisconsin fans are nervous about going into this game? I, I mean, I think I think one thing is both teams are very similar in terms of, you know, the the meat and potatoes that they bring up up on the line, you know, obviously Oregon, that's been a big push for them to improve upon the offense and defensive line, which they've done like immensely, as you can tell Wisconsin, that's always been something that they care about. But I think if one thing jumps out, it would be just the ability for Justin Herbert to kind of take over a game. You know, he is very talented quarterback, one of the best quarterbacks in the nation for a reason. And, uh, you know, he, he's got weapons around him, not necessarily the same type of weapons that they had back in 2011, 2012, when they met the last time in the Rose Bowl, but definitely guys that he can stretch the field with and, and make plays with. So I would say just anytime you're going up against an elite quarterback, it's always something to kind of keep your eyes on and really circle. So along with that, how else does Oregon beat Wisconsin. I can assure you that nobody in the Oregon coaching staff listens to this podcast. So <laughs> safe. I think the the big thing is that if Oregon can keep get their running game going, which obviously they have a tremendous running game, both teams are very eerily similar in terms of a lot of different things in terms of points per game, offense and defense and and what they kind of do total offense wise. But I think Oregon has a can have a more balanced approach just because they have a, a, a more of a top tier quarterback uh, to, to make plays with that. Um, obviously he's put up 35 touchdowns passing this year, which is very, very good. Um, but then they also have a really good running game. So I think if Oregon can, can um, run the ball on Wisconsin and kind of make it so that they can beat with the Badgers with both the pass and the run, it's going to be tough because Wisconsin has had a hard time, making tackles in space when they're getting out of alignments at times when they're not totally sure and not able to kind of pin their ears back and know, Oh, this is a pass or this is a run. What is Jonathan's Taylor's biggest weakness? That is a good question. I think still pass protection in a lot of ways he's improved in the passing game with being able to make catches, being, being able to um, do things with the ball in his hands uh, in space outside of just running running from uh, the I formation or a single back set. But uh, at the same time, and a lot of times when they're looking to pass the ball third and long, he's not on the field. He's, you know, as a top tier playmaker, he needs to be out there. Usually you would hope uh, you saw how, what a difference it could make when a team like Penn state had Saquon Barkley and able to put him all three downs, or you saw what uh, the 
what Pittsburgh used to do when they had Le'Veon Bell and just being able to have a guy out there at all times and really lean on him. I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor can't get to that point, but he's definitely got to improve at uh, pass protection, something that he, I know he's worked a lot on both in fall camp over spring ball. But um, I know if, if it was generally there all the way, he would be out there, you know, and, and it wouldn't be our third down get back Garrett Groshek getting some of those touches. Now, if Taylor goes down, is Groshek next man up de, de facto, uh, or is it someone like Watson or Shaw? It, it's usually a kind of a running back by committee in that time. You know, it hasn't happened this year really, but it, but I would assume that Watson would be, you know, first, second down, Garrett Groshek would be third down, but we've seen Nikia Watson be in there third down, Garrett Groshek first or second. So I think the two of them would be kind of the two-headed monster. Shaw, or, uh, Bradrick Shaw hasn't uh, gotten that many carries. He's only got 18 on the year. So I don't think it would be him in that situation. But um, Watson's a guy who's really improved a lot this over the course of the year just by getting, getting carries and really getting experience. Um, so I'm kind of an, I'm a numbers guy. I'm an analytics guy. For this game, it doesn't really make very much sense to me. The numbers are all, all over the board. Oregon has a, a 54.3% victory percentage. Power numbers say Oregon is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, but Vegas is saying they're, that Wisconsin is a three-point favorite. Why do you think that there's such a discrepancy there? Uh, I'm not totally sure. I, I don't – I mean, it's not like one of those games where – one of the teams has more of an advantage in terms of want to in it. You know, both teams are going to be coming very motivated. This is probably the biggest game outside of the playoff in terms of, you know, star power and, and eyeballs just because it is the Rose bowl. So both teams are going to really want this come out to come out hard to play. I'm not totally sure why it would be skewed that way. Um, I know whenever I usually make picks, I in Vegas does something like that. That's a little, weird or goofy I'll usually lean into it a little bit just because they seem to for the most part kind of know something sometimes it feels like I know it was one of those things when I saw it I was kind of flabbergasted at as by it as well what is Wisconsin excited about for the program in the future I, I touched on it earlier but um, Wisconsin got a big time quarterback and Graham Mertz committed he was the Army All-American MVP last year um, tied the or broke the record for touchdowns in a game with five. Uh, so he, and he has shown flashes. Uh, he's played in three games this year. I highly doubt he will play in obviously the Rose bowl unless something were to happen to Jack Cohn, but he's a guy who probably not going to be the, you know, the gunslinger next year, but the year after that, it'll be his time. And I would expect him to be, you know, a guy who's going to play two or three years and, and be the starter just because of the talent he has. Wisconsin's been elevating their recruiting, obviously not to the same uh, level as Oregon has. I thought the way that Oregon has really rebounded and started recruiting really, really well uh, has, has been exceptional to see. And it's been good to kind of see some, uh, some teams fight against, you know, the traditional blue bloods who are usually dominating the top 10. Um, but I think just the way that the Badgers are bringing in defensive players, they're returning everybody, but I think it's, two, three starters on the, on the defense, you know, and they're two of them are linebackers. So, and they have a lot of depth behind it. So I think the defense will be really, really good next year. The entire secondary is back, including a starting safety who, who went down earlier in the year and was able to preserve um, another year, probably due to redshirt. And then on offense, they should be returning all the receivers unless Quintus Cephas goes pro. Um, I think, on offense, the offensive line should be really good. It's just going to be a matter of 
obviously who can replace by committee approach, however it may be, Jonathan Taylor's production just because of uh, how good he has been over these past few years. So Wisconsin's trying to recruit a running back right now and are kind of swinging for the fences with top-tier guys. So if they can land a guy and, you know, refill his shoes, it would go a long way. So kind of going in the in the other direction then, uh, Joseph Yun, uh, my co-host, also is a writer for, with the first pick, the NFL draft site. What prospects do you think that Wisconsin has going into this year's draft that we need to be keeping an eye on? I, I think it starts with Jonathan Taylor. I think he's probably going to be a first two round guy just be, because of his production, the way he's elevated his game as a pass catcher. And then also Tyler Biotish. He just won the Remington Award as the top uh, center or interior offensive lineman uh, for the year. He, he will be a guy who's going to be probably first three rounder as well, just because of what he did. He came back last year after he was um, kind of projected to be about a third round pick as well. So that was, that was a big reason for the offensive success. Um, and he split that team captainship with Jack Cohn um, for MVP. Um, and then on the defensive side of the ball, I think the, the only real guy that's going to get a look probably um, right off the board is going to be uh, Zach Bond. He's really jumped out this year. He's a senior ended up getting uh, or having 12 and a half sacks on the year, had an interception for a turn for the touchdown, 19 and a half tackles for loss. So he's had a huge year. And then, and I could expect him kind of anywhere between that, like four through seven range. I don't think he has like elite measurables that is going to make him desirable. He's a fifth year senior as well. So he's not like a younger guy coming out. And then Chris Orr, I think he's a guy who could stick on a team, uh, especially on special teams. He has, played really well this year after, you know, dealing with some injuries early in his career, but I could also see him being a guy who's at the end of the, um, at the end of the draft uh, in some fashion, you know, outside of those guys, it's, it's not something that I see a lot of uh, Wisconsin players going in the draft. Quintez Cephas is a guy that if he does leave early, I think he will um, have a good chance to be like a third round pick as a wide receiver. He's really talented. You know, he's like 6'1", 212, got a good frame, really good jump ball ability and uh, ability to make plays after the catch as well. So those are kind of the guys to keep an eye on, both in the game and as well as uh, in the draft. What's, what's, the, uh, what's the general feeling about Paul Christ these days? I, I think most fans really like him. He, you know, he's, he's no frills in any way, shape, or form. A lot of coach speak when you talk in, in front of a camera and, you know, he just kind of talks about the opportunity and, you know, just kind of malaises through things. But when it comes to off the camera, he's really genuine, really nice guy, funny. Um, and he really does well with recruits and parents because of that. He he's kind of cuts right to the chase um, a lot. But a lot of fans really love him. They love the offense that he brings. Um, you know, obviously, the defense has also been good. So I think he does things in a really good manner for the program and he's very fitting he's an alumni you know obviously last year when they only won eight games it was a lot of people were pretty upset with the offensive play calling they they did a nice job of changing some things so it's been great to see the improvements that he's been willing and uh changes that he's willing to adapt and, and bring in so i i think he's he's at wisconsin for as long as uh he doesn't mess things up basically or until uh he retires because you know, he's, he's beloved in Wisconsin by most fans, I would say. All right. Take us out with a pick for the game. 
Yeah, so I could see this going either way. You know, I think I think the two and a half spread uh, going both ways is about perfect. I th- I think it's going to be you know a one to three point game. Both teams are just going to try to clobber each other. Whichever team can make the the bigger plays on the outside in the passing game, I think is going to really going to be what this game really comes down to. You know, in 2012, it came down to you know some fumbles, some turnovers, some in a, inopportune plays and then obviously just the athletes that Oregon had at the time I don't think Oregon has the athletes that they did at that point but at the same time they definitely have some good running backs they definitely have you know a way better quarterback in terms of what he can do um I I'm gonna I'm gonna say Wisconsin by a point and go like 31-30 but I could totally see that being 31-30 Oregon and uh, I wouldn't blink you know I could see that going either way I do have one more question um, Wisconsin has traditionally a huge uh, Division Three football stronghold. Uh, is that something that a lot of uh, Wisconsin a- adults or football fans like hold on to, or is that just something that everyone's like, "Oh yeah, that's nice," and then continues on? I, I think, especially in those those schools, a, a lot of times I know generally whenever they put up at, at Badger games, for example, UW Whitewater, who is who's been you know the cream of the crop in uh, Wisconsin Division Three sports and, you know, really across the Division Three landscape in general. Uh, you know, they, people are clapping all excited when they see that Whitewater's winning. Obviously, they're going to the Stag Bowl this year again. But I think it's definitely something that a lot of fans grab onto. I know I follow it, and I know a lot of other fans do and talk about it. The Packers have one of the best wide receivers to ever come through, UW-Whitewater, that I know a lot of people love, and he's, you know, just beloved by fans in a lot of ways, mostly due to his, you know, glorious brown locks that he just has flowing. But, um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's definitely something that's cool. And it's, it's indicative of how much talent really there is in the state of Wisconsin for football talent in the offense and defensive lines, just because there's a lot of guys that are homegrown and basically they're just either deciding, Hey, I'm going to go to Wisconsin and walk on, or I'm going to go dominate at UW Whitewater or UW Oshkosh or lacrosse. And uh, it's very cool. And sometimes Wisconsin's able to pluck a couple of those guys after they've shown, Hey, they're really good. You know, the division three coaches for Ryan Ramchek, uh, he was at, I believe Oshkosh and Basically, he just transferred to Wisconsin, set out a year, and then was a first-round draft pick a year later. So it's like it's, it's, it's telling that the programs are all there for each other. Whenever Wisconsin has their pro day, all the Division three schools are there. So it's, it's, it's very cool, and it's, it's kind of different than a lot of places around the country. Cool. Uh, yeah, Whitewater uh, Warhawks playing the North Central Illinois, uh, whatever their mascot is, Yeah. in the, the Stag Bowl. Uh, Matt, thanks again for joining me. Again, you can find him at Saved by the Bells. Uh, he's the writer and uh, co-host of the Bucky's Fifth Quarter podcast. And anything else you want to say, Matt? No, um, just really thankful to to jump on and uh, always down to talk some Wisconsin sports. And obviously, Oregon is a program that's very great as well. And it's it's going to be a good matchup. I'm really excited to see that Rose Bowl. Like I know a lot of fans are. All right, thanks again, Matt. Yep.